This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Hi, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for supporting this podcast on the Corolla Digital Network. Everyone here at Corolla Digital is very proud of the shows that we put out every week and are excited about the future of our network. However, a patent troll is threatening that future by suing us. We need to fight back and beat the troll down. If we go down, all the other shows on the other networks you've grown to love are going to go down next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll to donate and find out other ways that you can help beat the patent trolls. Thank you and mahalo. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here with Brian Bishop and his beautiful wife, Christy Bishop. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us on. I, there's literally no one who doesn't know who you are in the realm of my listeners. Mm-hmm. I, as what? I'm pointing, there's like water. What just flew off your finger? I have a soda here, and it's um, it's leaking a little bit, and so an I was trying soda. to – Yes, it is. Exactly. It's a wild cherry. I, well, I'm be actually beginning to wonder. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're, a, yeah. you're a natural, you Christy. I'll be here for at least 45 minutes. I'm wondering <laughs> if actually there is like a hole in it or something. I think it's just coming off the top. But anyway, I was trying to uh, to stem the tide of mm. <laughs> soda. And anyway, it, it, uh, it was on my finger and then it flicked around. Glad we went on this little yep. tangent. Anyway, what I was trying to say is everyone knows who you are because you are on the Adam Carolla show mm-hmm. where I also am. Yes, right. We are uh, together. Yes, exactly. But for the, like, let's say someone's listening and they don't know, sound effects in the Adam Carolla show. Yes. And brand new author of a book that's coming out in May called Shrinkage, which is about your experience Having brain cancer. Soon to be published author. Yes. It comes out May. It comes out April 29th. Oh. Does it say mm-hmm. May on there? Because at one point it was May and they changed it. Um, on the copy I have, it says May 2014. There you go. That's it, practically it is, it May. Is, uh, it is almost May. In fact, once May comes, you may, you may, you may get it. Right. That and was not as good as Wild Cherry. Okay. <laughs> Comedy critic. <laughs> uh, and Christy, is this your first time being on a podcast? Mm, yes. Is you it? must have been on the Corolla show. Oh, you ra- called ra- into the Corolla show. Yeah, I called into the Corolla and plus show. Plus, around the time then... we were doing the benefit, you probably were on, right? Yeah, not for the benefit. I was on the radio She's show a long time ago. Called into the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the plane story yeah. from New Jersey. Yeah, I think that was the only time. Other, and no other podcast besides this one. It's very exciting. I know. For me and for my listeners. Well, I wanted to talk to both of you because as I was reading the book, which, first of all, I'm, listeners, probably have heard already the book is amazing and it's so funny did you talk about it before on the show no i haven't but i just feel like they've heard okay yeah i was gonna say Um, allison actually read the whole thing i did that's amazing i'm really thankful that you did i think it's a hard sell for some people as you know being in the podcasting world can't read every book that comes across your desk or whatever and the fact that you read it i really appreciate that but it's very accessible and very readable it's dumbed down is what you're saying yeah it felt stu- it felt stupid. <laughs> is what I'm saying. No, I'm just saying it's it's a it's an easy 
read, but it's also emotional. Mm. Um, it's yeah. true. I've read it like three times. And I lived it, but I mean, having had read it after living it, it is, it's very accessible and like, it made me laugh out loud. Right. Yeah. It's funny, but it's also really, I don't know, very introspective mm. and, you know, a lot of stuff people wouldn't expect from you. Thank you. You? <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of kidding. Um, but anyway, I want to talk to both of you because there's so much of Christie's story in here. And as someone who has been in a caretaker role mm. myself, I, I found that that was the the part that I was relating to very strongly, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk to you about that. Um, also, something that I think is so interesting, I want to get your take on this. I think that Adam has a way of painting the picture of Brian's life as like, you have this idyllic existence, <laughs> and you're always eating sushi, and yeah. doing fancy things, <laughs> and you have a perfect wife, and a perfect marriage, and the perfect parents. Um, it's almost and, true. You know, a- and <laughs> except... Except you have a brain tumor. But other right. than that, you know, it's, it's perfection. Sure. And then you read this book and it's like, no, there's a lot, a lot. I mean, first of all, that idea of that idyllic existence is, of course, that can't well, be absurd. true. Yeah. 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 But I, I didn't realize how much I, I really bought into it and thought it was true. So then to read this and to discover that, no, there's all sorts of human family drama mm-hmm. that's part of your life. I mean, what's your take on all of that? Um, I try – I'll be really interested when the book does come out because I, I, I tried my – when I was writing and I tried my best, I was like, you know, people are – obviously fans of the show are going to read this book and they'll know a lot about me or they'll know a lot about what happened or some things about what happened or, or some of this will ring true for them or whatever. But I, I really thought about an audience or people reading it or a person reading it who has no idea who I am, doesn't even know the Adam Carolla show. Maybe maybe they have cancer and, and a loved one gave it to them or maybe you know a loved one has cancer and they're reading it because, because it's tangentially related. So I really thought about I'm going to write this for someone who has no idea who I am uh, or, or what the Adam Carolla show is or what podcasting is for that matter. Mm-hmm. But do you find that the version of you that Adam paints is like, do, do you ever bristle at that? Like, oh. no, like, cause I mean, clearly you have, there's some things from your childhood that you're upset about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, remember when I was talking about the other night on the podcast, uh, this, I guess will be a few days ago then in that case for, for Allison, for your <laughs> audience, but he was talking about how it's not funny when you're talking about your mother-in-law to say like, she's a wonderful woman. I respect her a lot. Or, you know, when you're talking about whatever to say, you know, uh, to, to give the, the very accurate, nuanced version of, of events, it's funnier to say, gosh, I can't stand my mother-in-law. It's blah, blah, blah. That's the funnier version. And I think for Adam, the more when he's broadcasting or podcasting or whatever, the funnier slash more interesting slash version that prints is the version where it's like, Brian, you know, because Adam had a very less than idyllic upbringing. And the fact that I'm juxtaposed to that with an mm-hmm. idyllic upbringing um, probably plays better on the show. And... I can't speak for him, but I don't know if he would find my upbringing all that interesting, the real version, you know? So that's why it's in there because I assume a lot of people, most people don't know about it. But is there a part of you that... No, I do not bristle. You don't? I really don't. I... uh now that you put it that way, maybe maybe I should have bristled in the past. But the fact, you know, I no, it's better if you don't. It's, it, it, I don't. I, I don't take things too seriously in my own life. I didn't take things too seriously when I got diagnosed with cancer, and um, I did. You know, I also was thinking about when I wrote the book that this will be my legacy for a lot of you know intents and purposes. You know, whether I live another year, another fifty years, um, this book will be left behind, and it'll tell the the accurate version of of my life to this point. So. Yeah, so that's uh, – it's always like 
you know, people say the truth will come out. You know, you'll hear the truth, and obviously, I don't feel like that about it. But it's like, no, the, the, now you'll get a pretty accurate version of a vision of what my my life is like. Um, so, just in case listeners are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Let's just give them an, a slight indication of what we mean. Yeah, I know that up. you you feel like you had um, attention deficit disorder growing mm. up, like textbook almost ADHD. Yeah, yeah, and you're not just growing up. He has it now. <laughs> no, like I'm dead serious. He really has it. And your parents never, never really took that seriously, right? Well, this was, well, in their defense, this was the early to mid '80s into the early '90s, and it wasn't really a thing. I don't think until maybe the mid or late '90s is when I first started hearing about it. So, in their defense, I don't think a lot of people knew about it or were talking about it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I had, as you'll see, there's a whole chapter in the book, too much dedicated to it, frankly. But I had textbook ADHD uh, down to some. Almost every symptom, you know, they list for it, I, I suffered from and uh, really affected me negatively growing up, especially in my schoolwork. Adam likes to, you know, Adam, I think is under the impression that I, you know, I'm super smart and, and I was really good at school. Like I got into USC and blah, blah, blah. I barely got into USC at a time when it wasn't the university it is today. And my grades were horrible and I did not do well in school and I had disciplinary problems. And the fact that I even got that far is uh, a miracle. I mean, I, I was I was shocked when I you know got into USC, uh, and the fact that I even did it was uh, defied the odds, uh, grades wise, and all that stuff. And then uh, at one point you said, "Listen to all these symptoms; it all adds up." Saying that you had ADHD, mm-hmm. and your mom thought about it for two seconds. I'm reading literally; she was silent for two t- two seconds, then said, "No, it was more passive aggressive." Yeah. No, it's weird. I, I, do you, you weren't there for that, were you? Mm-mm. Yeah, I, 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 you I presented that. it to my parents, I, I, you know, victoriously. I was like, "Great news, guys! Look, this explains everything that I was going through, all the all the hell that I put you through uh, growing up, and I wasn't doing homework, and I wasn't, I was getting F's in PE, and I was getting horrible grades, and I forget to bring my gym shorts to school, and all the stuff that I, I'd lose my glasses every every other month, and like this explains it. I, I, I obviously have textbook ADHD. I'm constantly losing things, forgetting things, uh, and I'm blah blah blah, symptoms and blah." And then my mom's like, no, I don't think that was it. <laughs> okay, well, I, this battle is – this ship has sailed. I cannot, I cannot win this battle. What do you make of that? I really don't I, – I, if I can make any sense of it, I think maybe my parents are from an older generation where there was no such thing as ADHD and it's a very newfangled – in, in – their defense or in the defense of people on their side, I believe it's over over uh, diagnosed. You know, a lot of kids are put on Ritalin and stuff who don't need it. It's over prescribed. Uh, but in my case, it would have been, made a big difference in my life. So um, there's a moment later in the book where you go to Barbara. Yeah. A healer. Barbara's house of healing. <laughs> and <laughs> she asks you to describe. What you know? What do you think the cancer looks like? What do you imagine mm-hmm. when you picture the cancer? Correct me if I have this wrong. And Christy starts to answer, and then she's very nice, but says no. I was asking Brian, and the way you describe the way Brian you describe in the book, Christy's reaction is. I just thought it was like a a, a great moment of really moving writing. It was really oh, beautiful, and it really came to life for me. Um, well, it's indelibly, you know, in my mind, what happened, what happened. Right. Christy, what was that like for you? I honestly, when I had to read it to remember it. You don't remember book, that? No, no, I, I do now. Oh, but okay. I think it was such a shaming moment for me, to be totally honest. It was. You didn't know what you were doing. No, I didn't know what I was doing, but it was. 
I mean, I can't imagine. I hope none of the listeners or very few of the listeners now have gone through a situation that we've gone through or, or a similar one. But going to a situation where your number one goal is to take care of someone else. I mean, I wasn't working. I was your primary caregiver for, yeah. you know, over a year. But to realize that you had your own needs and that no one was asking or listening or caring. Not caring. It was just that, you know, you have your goal and everyone else is, like, surrounding the person that needs it most. But as, like, a caregiver, I guess, if you will, I, I realized in that moment, like, oh, my God, like, I really need someone to listen to me. I need to be acknowledged. I need to have some of my feelings heard. And, and I felt like a dog who had been shamed or, like, kicked. And it was hugely embarrassing. And it was embarrassing to read it in the book, to be totally honest. I was like, oh, my God, did I do that? Because I didn't remember it. Um, but it was – I think it, I totally agree with you. It was really poignant and emotional in terms of it's not just about him. It's about the people who, you know, are taking care of him too. Do you – are you mad at yourself that you did it? No, not at all. No, I mean – Nor I, should you be, I don't think. No, Right. No, no. I, I just didn't know if I was hearing you wrong. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. But it wasn't – it was – shaming, I think, is the right word. And, and Barbara certainly did – she didn't mean to do it like that. You know, it was very much – this is a very important question for Brian to answer for – as they as people get through the book for meditation purposes. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that. It was just a really uh, insightful moment, I think, for all of us. Like, oh, wow, like I, I have some needs too. Mm-hmm. You know? But the thing that I sort of – the lesson it sort of taught me in the moment was – Oh, Christy, Christy and everyone in her position throughout history at this moment in the future, they need to have someone to listen to them and ask them the questions. You know, they're, they're the, silent, um, the silent director of it all. You know, they're making it all happen and, and no one's uh, asking them what they're feeling. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you said that, that Christy seemed like a scolded first grader. Yeah. It's, how, was, I, it's how I felt. As yeah. an adult, it was very – She was like, oh – you know, yeah. and Barbara was very, very sweet about it, you know, as sweet as you can be. But she was like, oh, you know, I really need Brian to answer the question. And Chris was like, oh, you know, and, and I was looking at her like, oh, geez, like she needs, you know, she needs someone to talk to. The, the weird thing was, is it, there's a few other examples like that in the book. I mean, there's one about the, um, uh, what is it, inpatient, when you're in inpatient therapy. And like, and, and I've asked a few times when we were there and nurses would come in and or, in or out and like, oh, can I come to see what you're doing? And it, and it wasn't so much like, I want to be there, I want to be there. It was, a, I need to learn this shit. Like this is, if, if there's things he can literally fall in the shower and kill himself, like I need, it's not, hey, you know, hot Megan, I want to come watch what you're doing with my husband in the shower and the cancer inpatient. Well, there was some of that. There was, well, she was hot. Let's get real. But like, it's just. It was actually Katie. There were, oh, sorry. She was hot She too. was hot too. They were all hot. It was crazy. Um, if you ever need to go to inpatient, go to Cedar Sinai. They are all hot. It's super bizarre. <laughs> like, it's really strange. But anyway, I did realize like, I need to learn this stuff because this is becoming my pseudo profession, if you will, free profession. But like, you know, it wasn't just that shaming moment. It's like you, You've got to be involved and you've got to ask questions, but you've got to take care of yourself too. How did you do that? I, I didn't for a really long time. I mean, there was just being in a situation, especially when it's your spouse or, you know, fiance at the time, it was unbearable. Like, I honestly don't even, it, it seems like a different life to me now because it's been four years since then, I think, about then. Uh, no, um, it'd be five years on April 23rd. Well, since you got diagnosed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. not since the moment in Barbara's house. Right. I don't know what date that was. No, I don't know. But it's been a long time. And so I didn't. And then it put me in the hospital because of the stress of it all. And I think after that, because I, I, it was just accumulation of everything, of, of the cancer, of family drama, of just you know not sleeping and being terrified that you know the love of my life is literally going to die before my eyes. 
I had to take care of myself after we got out of the hospital. I had to start saying no to people. I had to start not worrying about what they thought about me. If I was, Because my number one goal was making sure his decisions were honored. And if people didn't like that and wanted to put all the blame on me, I couldn't worry about that. Mm-hmm. I had to just be like, listen, this is, this is what he wants. This is, he's, he's goal number one right now. You know? So it was, I had to stop worrying about what so many people thought or expected of me and just do the best job that I could. And like, you know, it, he, as long as he was happy with it and he felt comfortable and safe, that was all that mattered to me. Um, and I mean, you were taking care of him on a level that people might not realize. Like he, and this is in the book, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to no, say go, it. Yeah, go ahead. You, you like, shit yourself. Well, <laughs> he crapped our twice. living room floor. Yeah, we true. talked about this at dinner last night with my brother. Actually, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it was a fun dinner. It was. <laughs> I mean, I like that that's in there though, because mm. I love scat. Yeah, no, you I like that that's in talk. there. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's funny. No, I like that it's in there though because that is a reality of this yeah. stuff though that it's like people don't realize that that's part of it. Yeah. Um, what was so so, Christy? You become like caretaker, but uh, you know, mother in a way, and like and like it's nurse, just, all of it. Yeah, yeah, all of it. What yeah. was that like for both of you? I mean, do you want me to answer first? Yeah, I mean, what for, was it like for you? For me, it was huge. <laughs> it was just crazy. I mean, I'm really crazy fun. So much fun. <laughs> Let's do it again. No, never. I'm totally kidding. Um, it was just looking back on it, it. I don't want to say it was overwhelming, but it, it, it got to a point where it was overwhelming where you have to ask people for help or asking family for help, asking friends for help. But it was just surreal. It was, you know, and this is in the book, too. We went from like having two excellent, pretty like high profile jobs, being paid pretty well, paid pretty well. And then all of a sudden it was like the world turned upside down from the recession and then his health. And it was like you go from traveling for work and going to these fancy dinners and just like we wanted to go to happy hours all the time. And all of a sudden I'm literally like cleaning up his shit off the floor. And it was just this – and, and obviously a lot happened before that happened. But it's just this hugely emotional minute. <laughs> that was day one. That was day one. No. <laughs> it's, it's – we literally – our mantra was you have to live minute by minute. And it's not an, a day-by-day thing. It's like it's not hour by hour. It's literally minute by minute sometimes. And 60 seconds has never felt so long. And people who have not been through this will not know what I'm saying. But people who have will totally get it. Um, I mean it, I tried to make him laugh as much as I could. Literally he was – imagine a grown man shitting himself in the living room. And <laughs> It was in the bathroom. No, the second time it was in the, in the living room. room yeah. But like I tried to make make it a joke. Like he was mortified and – I would be too, rightfully so, even though we're the closest, you know, to each other in our own lives. It's like, that's a horrible moment. And so I try to make it funny and lighthearted. And we ended up laughing about a lot of it. But it's you can't just make it so serious. Like you just you have to make the other person feel okay about the horrible shit that's going on. Pun no intended. Pun, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah. For me, I had the benefit of being radiated. I had the benefit of being on chemo and radiation. So I, you know, even though I remember it, like I remember everything that happened well enough to write about it in my book, but I don't remember certain things. I just don't have clear, clear, concise memories of. And what I mean more is like it blends into an overall memory or sense of what happened, as opposed to oh yeah, then this happened, this happened, this happened. It was like oh yeah, this is the time when this was happening. Um, so in that sense, I benefited because. I I was uh, I was fuzzy, you know. I was I was out of it a lot. I was sleeping at, at the most eighteen hours a day. Yeah, at uh, his worst, you were. I mean, you got up to twenty one hours one day. That's no, what? eighteen. I think was about the most. I was awake for probably yeah. whatever it was. It know. was. It, it got bad. I mean, that's when the doctor put him on a vastin. But mm-hmm. he was like, "I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine." I'm like, "You're not awake ever. You can't <laughs> move." 
Um, yeah, it was pretty bad. That I will say though, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the crazy things was as like the caregiver, I didn't want to burden him with my emotions, which was another way I didn't take care of myself. But he didn't need to know how much I'm crying in the middle of the night and like when he's passed out, in, you know, in bed. He doesn't need to know the terrible thoughts that are going through my mind and all the fear that I, I have. He as needed- long as you take it outside to the couch, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the blog came in. But, I mean, that's where he needed to be as positive as possible. Like, his meditation moments or hours, like, he just needed to be in the right frame of mind. But also, when you can't tell your best friend your deepest, darkest fears and secrets and no one else really gets it, that's a really lonely place to be. And it was it was really, really difficult. Would you have been able to hear her? Oh, when she was – no, never did. Never did. No, no, what I'm saying is she made the decision not to share that with you at oh, the time. Oh, so that's how you meant physically hear her when she was crying. You're like emotionally could <laughs> No, you I seriously, I would never heard that. Um, wait, so what's your question? I'm okay, sorry. so Christy is saying that she made the decision not to tell you right. what, she, what she, you know, some of the things that she was feeling during that time. And I'm wondering, do you think that was the right decision or do you think that she could have talked to you about it? It's interesting. You certainly could have talked to me about it. Would it have been Freaked any- you out. I was thinking, would it have made any difference? Would it have made things better for you? I, 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 I wasn't thinking that way. I just didn't want to put more of a burden on you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just because you just had so much going on for your own. You needed to be in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, that sounds so selfish. I, I, would, I would have preferred you told me in retrospect, you know, what was going on because it's unfair to have, you know, you burdening all that on your shoulders. Yeah. I think that's a reality of anybody's like caregiving situation something like that i don't know it's just it's a good question i don't know the answer to that yeah it it's the worst answer is what i'll say which is it is it is what it is i mean it's the way it worked out and it worked out so yay but but it's not selfish for you to say at all because you were i mean Mm -hmm. think about all the shit that you were going i mean you were going through chemotherapy you're going through radiation you're going through literally sleeping a million hours a day you couldn't remember anything but as much as i was going through physically you were going through the same amount emotionally that's the hard part yeah like, you know, I had the benefit, again, of being radiated. I didn't really have to go through a lot of these uh, complex thought processes. And uh, when you're radiated, at least on your brain, it's uh, it's in the book, but it's like it's like Vegas all the time. Things mm-hmm. are overwhelming. The idea of getting dressed sometimes in the morning was just too much to, like, think about, to process. I had to, like, stop and, like, ah, okay, pants first. God, pants. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was, it, it was taxing, extraordinarily mentally taxing. So I can totally see where, given that that's what he's going, what you're going through, Christy's probably not going to want to be like, I yeah. cried for six hours last night. Good yeah. Point. Well, I mean, also like dressing him was it became like an hour long process. I mean, the fact that to put on a sock probably took ten minutes for me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but then also like it took me probably a good fifteen minutes really? to dress you. Well, because you couldn't move. I was any, wearing the brace too. You couldn't move anything. Like it, he just was kind yeah. of a limp noodle, and it was it was really difficult. I mean, it was, you know, emotionally, physically, every way around it, it was really difficult. I know that in my experience with uh, helping someone who has soiled themselves, my thing was I don't want them to see that I am gagging. Right. Hmm. Because I know that this person feels so much shame about it, but I'm having a physical response that I can't help. Yeah, totally. But it's like trying to hide. Like that for me was the sort of psychological like trap was like i i don't want you know i don't want yes. to make them feel bad but i can't help it's just it's making me dry heat yeah you're not doing it because you're like oh this is horrible this right is disgusting yeah and then i was like yeah. I can't, it's what a weird situation to find yourself that's a good in. observation yeah. did I, you experience that do you i remember? didn't 
only because it was so absurdly comical. It was so absurdly comical, and this is this is not in the book. But when he grabbed yourself, it was in your underwear. Yeah, no, it's a, that's in the book. So oh, is it? Yeah. So it was like taking out like the biggest doggy bag of diapers, like a di- an adult diaper. <laughs> it was. I'm like running. I'm like, don't move. He's got crap all down his legs. I'm running out to the dumpster. Like, I'll be right back. Yep. And then, but then I had to like wipe him down with all sorts of stuff. And I don't. You think got I, to wipe me down. I don't. Oh, <laughs> yes. Can I do that now? <laughs> so sexy. Um, but now I, I have a slight recollection of being like. Oh my god, I'm touching poo. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my god, just get it over with. Get as that fast drop. As you can't just. Oh my god, I'm touching poo. <laughs> Listening to you guys, I'm just, and I think people who read the book as well will be kind of just blown away by how, by the closeness that you guys have and the level of devotion. And I mean, like, this is the kind of partnership that everyone would hope they can have. And I mean, I just got married and have a you know totally in love with Daniel etc and mm. despite the fact that I talk so openly about stuff that people wish I would shut up about namely my period um <laughs> I true. actually am like a private person like I we don't go to the bathroom with the door open yet no, I think pr- any day now yeah, yeah. um you know and the, I don't know I just there's Take a your lot baby's of first steps like oh guess what happened today <laughs> <laughs> as much as I act like an open person who's cool with putting it all out there. There's a lot of things probably that I still am slowly learning. Like it's one thing on a podcast, but it's to put it out there for me, just the way mm-hmm. I, am, I am wired. It's another thing to be fully a thousand percent open with my, with another human being sure. that's right there. Um, but for you guys, it's like, I mean, how was that? I imagine at a certain point, it's like there's just no way to have any walls up anymore. Well, I've got a great way for you to do that. I, I can actually tell you the way to do it. The first step is the hardest, but it's foolproof. Number one, get cancer. <laughs> oh, After that. Now, admittedly, the first step is the hardest. <laughs> no, oh what will be your real answer to that? <laughs> you know what? We were, we were like that even before I think it's he got diagnosed. Yeah, I mean, he's... We're just super open with each other, but that's interesting because as individuals, we're, we're very private. Um, you know, he's been, I guess, well, what? <laughs> self-satisfied and smug was yeah. – those were two of the answers that people described you as. But you're also very, very private. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in my own life, my friends and family would also say that I'm quite private. But together, it's like no holds barred. And then yeah. once you, yes, get cancer, I mean there's no – there's literally nothing that we had from each other. Nothing, which is like – it's weird. Mm-hmm. I guess because I don't it's think odd. a lot of it's other perverse. couples are like that. Yeah, I mean tampon moments. I will say are the only you know, thing. Yeah, there's the, the only thing that I yeah, don't that say we literally. don't do in front of each other. I don't do and a tampon say, moment for her. <laughs> she doesn't do it in front of me. No, I mean honestly, like I think that's that's it. Tampon moments. Wait, so you mean doors open except She's for when you have your period? She's exaggerating. Yeah, like no one needs to see that. I don't even want to see that. Like I don't. No one needs to see anyone. Let me Interfering with the tampon. You've never seen her put in a tampon? No, never in his life. <laughs> no. I've never seen that <laughs> act done. And, Just he, and he never will. <laughs> yeah. God willing. Yeah. TMI. Yeah. Well, certain things don't need to be seen. <laughs> I mean, I would agree. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, do you use applicator or no applicator? Because there's oh, a difference. The difference <laughs> I'll in how it, back. Gary, how it's going to look. Gary's dying. <laughs> Let her just answer first. Applicator. No, I don't know <laughs> See, what that word means. What, I mean, that's much less. Way that's easier. much less of a show. Okay. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's no struggle. 
<laughs> You're losing the audience. Um, I need to put a little space between that conversation mm-hmm. and what I need to say right now. Because uh, you're probably hungry. Dressy's <laughs> starving. <laughs> I Actually, I want to talk about <laughs> Grubhub, which Daniel and I used last night. Are you familiar with Grubhub? This Are you? is a way. I, yes, I use it and I love it. It's so great. You can order food from the comfort of your own home or your office or whatever online, choose exactly what you want, specify exactly how you want it, and then. Send it, enter it, whatever, click it, and then it comes to your door and you do not have to. And I don't love that we've become a society where this is such a premium, but I'm all about it. You don't have to talk to a human being on the phone. You can do everything Mm -hmm. in the same way that you would tweet or that you would update your Facebook or whatever. I love it Um, because honestly, having to make the call and having to or having to like go deal with a human being. uh, Too much. It's too much for me. Have you tried the app? Yes. I love the app. Yeah. I laid on our couch one day, horrifically hungover, and I ordered Thai Moon, every single thing I wanted down to the, the unique ingredients we were looking for, nice. and I pushed send, and it came 45 minutes later, and he got up and got the door, and I never moved. We ordered Thai food as well. <laughs> oh. But I love it because, yeah, you, there's all these different ways to search, and I spent so much time just scrolling through, looking mm-hmm. at all the options, because I'm an options person. Um, so Grubhub, simple solution to connect hungry diners with local takeout restaurants. It's available in more than 600 U.S. cities and... And London, you go to London all the time, oh, don't you, Christy? London. Going back in two weeks. You Maybe can, I'll try Grubhub You could do it. Uh, from nearly 28,000 takeout restaurants, uh, you can order and pick up from your favorite local restaurants, search, order, and eat without ever having to call. And it will remember what you ordered. And the cool thing, too, is that many of the restaurants that are a part of it, um, you can like keep clicking to see the status of your order, too. So uh, it's not that thing of like, where the hell are they? Yeah. You can click and it'll tell you. you know yes, the they've. They are. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like your order's on its way or da da da. And I like the past orders feature. That's, yes, I yeah, use that's that a awesome. lot because I'm I'm a creature of habit and I order the exact same shit. So it's like three button clicks yep. and food's on the way. It's awesome. Is one of those things that you order frozen yogurt? Can you uh, order frozen yogurt? You can. There Shut is. Up. Oh no. There is a place in LA you can order. It's frozen on yogurt. Grubhub. I saw it. Yeah. Is it the Big Chill? No, no, it's called Frog. Mm-hmm. Frog, oh. It's, uh, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> Every order is supported by the company's 24-7 customer service teams. Uh, you can order online or through the Grubhub app. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just, as I said, we did it last night, and now I'm pretty much uh, addicted. So here's how you guys can do it. Go to grubhub.com forward slash BFF. That's again, again, that's grubhub.com forward slash BFF. Use the code podcast and you get $5 off your first order on Grubhub, on any Grubhub order over $10. Uh, so hurry, this offer expires soon. This is for new customers only and it has to be a $10 order minimum. And again, you have to um, use the code podcast when you go to grubhub.com forward slash BFF and make sure you use that grubhub.com come for slash BFF so that they'll be like oh look at her sending all these people our way we love her and really getting everyone to love me is the point for me for you it's just all about a convenient way to order food and get a good deal on it okay grubhub.com forward slash BFF and then use the code podcast to get the discount okay um, back to you guys that was a great 600 second read I know <laughs> it was from the heart I really like Grubhub. So does Gary. What do you want? <laughs> it's good stuff, man. It is. It's super Obvious, good. Obviously, we're so or- everyone testified. I was already thinking about what we're going to order when we get home tonight. <laughs> Ooh, I'll make it order. It would be there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe Ooh. Charlie can answer the door. All right. This read's over. Okay. We're done. 
<laughs> um, okay. I'm just trying to figure out if – because there's a couple questions I want to jump into, but I'm trying to think of like we should give some – sorts of overviews for the listeners. I mean, they will all go out and they will get your book. And if they're going to get your book, Shrinkage, they could click through the banner on my website, ah. AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost anything extra for anyone and it does help out this show. Indeed. And even if you're going to buy something other than Shrinkage, although I would recommend would Shrinkage. Why would you? <laughs> but if you, if you want to, you know, buy two mess around of with yeah, something else, <laughs> Shrinkage, underwear, what have yeah. you, tampons with applicators or without... <laughs> on the banner on my website alicefromrosen.com uh, at Amazon. Yeah, I'm trying to think if we should like give an, some no, kind ask, of overview. Here, here's what I say. Ask whatever you want to ask what you're curious about but give context. Yeah. Right. That way people understand what the, what the story is within the, the story. Right. Okay. Well, I mean I was going to ask how you guys met yeah. Oh, Jesus, Boring. how much time do you have? It's a long story. <laughs> it's chapter two. All right. That one's in the book. Okay, well, let's just, let's just jump into this then. Um, the family drama stuff. Mm. I know... Let's talk about how we met. <laughs> <laughs> I know from I working <laughs> from working with you, Brian, mm. that this was there. I didn't know many details, but I knew that there was a chapter in the book that you were kind of stressed about writing, or you. you I, I knew that there was like you didn't know where the line. Like there was some some tough stuff that mm. you were putting in there. You I was debating whether or not to include it. Exactly, and then it is in the book. It's it's near the end, yeah. um, and what the the it of it is. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if it would be better if you explain it or if I do. Well, I'll lead into it by saying this. Okay. What influenced my decision? I, I was debating whether or not to include a chapter on family stress, on, on the stress that was uh, you know, tearing apart my family for a lot of you – know, for not to be too dramatic about it, but was really weighing heavily on, on loved ones, on people that I cared very heavily about. And um, the thing that tipped it for me, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just not include it. Because it makes some people look – it makes everyone look bad. Everyone looks bad in, in the context of this. And I was like – you don't. <laughs> well, as I, I felt ineffectual, I felt like I yeah. had no, I had no uh, control over the situation, and maybe you know I, I could have done more to influence it positively. And either way, the, what influ- what decided it for me was, um, you know, I had the opportunity to speak at a conference uh, for young cancer, young, young adult cancer survivors, or people with cancer, you know, young adults affected by cancer. And I spoke at a breakout group called Just for Guys, No Holds Barred. And it was everything, it was everything that guys wanted to talk about. It was all young men between 20 and 40 who wanted to just talk about cancer stuff. What, what happened? Gary's laughing at you because you said just for men. Just for men. Just for men. <laughs> just, it's it's just, for, just for guys. No holes barred. Yeah. I didn't name it. So we're, we're talking to these 20, 30-somethings, and we're talking about cancer, and they're affected by you know, different kinds of cancer. And some are in, in treatment. Some have gone past treatments. You know, they're all in different stages. And we started asking you know, uh, you know, just general questions. Who's been affected by this? Who's been affected by that? And everyone – Everyone had been affected by – had experienced some sort of familial stress, some sort of family stress. And some, you know, some, it was, some of it was you know, single guys who had to move back in with their parents because they were single in their 20s and they had no one to take care of them. And some were you – know, it, was, it was problems with uh, you know, um, – like in the movie 50-50, you know, the, the moms. You know, it's, it's, it's played out there like you know, the mom is uh, – I haven't seen that movie. Oh, it's so my favorite good. movie of that year. Yeah. And not just because you know, obviously I identify with it because it's really, really well done. But everyone in that group had family stress. And I'm like – I'm thinking to myself – if this book is – if my number one goal for this book is to help people and, and, and to be you know, maybe a beacon of hope for some people, then what good am I doing? What, what, what good am I doing by not being honest that this 
thing affects everyone and it affected me and here's how it affected me and here's how it resolved itself. What what good am I doing? Am I ultimately doing harm with this book if I'm not owning up to everything that happened? Did your parents not want you to talk about it? I think they would have preferred it. I think they would have preferred me not to talk about it. But they also understood that it was a huge part of uh, – spoiler alert – I live in the end and everyone comes out, I think, looking pretty good in the end. Everyone's on the same team ultimately. Um, but there were parts during the dark, darkest times where, you know, uh, you know, Christy and my parents were, were at each other's throats. Um, not literally, but figuratively speaking. And uh, that happens, I think, with a lot of people. So what was – Christy, what was your relationship with Brian's parents like before the cancer? Oh, fantastic. Oh, well, I mean they're fantastic people. We – uh, well, they live in the Bay Area, so we would fly up a lot. I mean, but we hadn't been together. I mean, it had been almost two years or We'd year been only been engaged for six months. Yeah, so like just under two years, I think. Um, but, I mean, wonderful. I mean, I, I think I made my parents jealous by saying how much fun I had going up to his parents' house. Like, you know, it was just – there's such a lively bunch. Like, you go up and there's there's always music playing. It's always a fun, like, festive family time. You're having you're making amazing meals together for hours and hours. Like, we're going on walks and going shopping. Just a really fun family. Um, and then cancer happened. And it just becomes – Everyone has their own interest, you know, and, and they're, not to say they're not fantastic people because they are. But, I mean, Brian's absolutely right. Cancer wreaks havoc on personal relationships and on, you know, obviously his parents are his parents and they want to be there for him. And, you know, it was his decision a lot of times that he didn't want them to be in the capacity that they wanted to be around. And I was the basically the in-between. And that, that did not bode well for me because um, they did not believe that he – didn't want them around sometimes. So it was, it became like, so you had to lying. communicate the message a lot of times. He, yeah. So, cause I, the, a moment, like the, I think the first inkling of this in the book is you're going to meet with, is it Dr. Black at that point? Are you, yeah. I and your yes. parents are like, okay, what time is your appointment? We're going to fly down. So at this point you're going to now a specialist Yep. and your parents are assuming that they will come to the appointment, mm-hmm. fly down, and then what happens? Um, I basically was like, you got, I, I'd rather you guys not come. And they were, they were shocked. They were like, well, why? And I, was, and I, had a hard time, uh, I had a hard time articulating it at the time. But really what I was feeling, I think, I think this is in the book, that, that my life felt so out of control at that moment. I didn't have a job. Christy didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had cancer. I didn't know what what. I, at that point, I was still in the impression that I was going to have six months to a year to live. I have never. Because that's doctor, what that first doctor. Yeah, the first doctor was still told me. It's mm-hmm. only a few days after that. My life is so wildly out of control. So in such chaos, I needed some order. And people, f- my my parents, anyone fl- flying in from out of town to come to doctor's appointments with me, and, and not like you know, let's make our final arrangement doctor's appointments like exploratory meetings. It just, it felt chaotic. It just felt chaotic. I needed some order. And on top of that, there is sort of a, when the parents are there, it's really bad news. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it, it, that, that's, that's what happens at the end. You know, people start to come and visit, but that's a small part of it. The really major part of it was, it was chaotic and I just needed some order. I needed some control. It- Right away, did you not want them to come? Or did you have to think about it and realize No, it, right or? away. I, I wanted to be the one to tell them good news and mm-hmm. not have them hear bad news. You know, that was a lot of it, too, is I didn't want I – didn't, I didn't know how the meeting was going to go with Dr. Black. It could have been like, you're pretty screwed, man. Six months is ambitious. Like, I didn't want them to be there for that. You know, that would have been awful. 
Um, but I mean, at the same time, you have to think about how out of control they felt, and they felt so far oh, yeah. away. You know, and, and the Bay Area is not that far, but like, just you know, your your oldest child or eldest child is going through something horrific, has essentially been given a terminal diagnosis, and is saying, "I don't want you there." And that's I, – I cannot imagine my own child. I mean we don't have kids yet, but I can't imagine. I would just be devastated. So I completely get it. Um, it's, but I mean at the end of the day, it, it was his decision. And it wasn't, wasn't my decision to make. So it's like I needed to stand by what he wanted to do. And that, that was consistent throughout. Now why did they think it was you, Christy? Well, early on it was – I remember it was – I remember that conversation very, very well up there. And it was so horribly difficult. In fact, it was – it got really heated and really ugly. I actually was went Was this up, the restaurant? No, this was oh. at their house. And I actually went upstairs and was like hysterically crying. It was it was really, really rough because it was like – I mean the ten- – just think about how high the tensions were. It was like we were there for my bridal shower two days after he had been like diagnosed with a brain tumor. And, and so when he said he didn't want them there, when we came back down, I would, I would get calls from them saying like, can you talk some sense into him? Like, mm-hmm. you know we just need to come down for this and for this and that that went on for like a few weeks or a few months and then I I had to say no so then eventually they I think you know kind of got mad at me for doing that like well no you need to see that we need to be there I'm like I have to this is his decision as the patient I have to keep true to that and then I, I think that it kind of turned at that point in time but I mean again they're wonderful people it was just a horrifically stressful situation um so there's a scene in there where your parents write you a letter mm-hmm. that they want to read to you at a restaurant, um, right? I think it was to us. It was really to me. Okay, it was more to Christy. But the two of you. Right. Because uh, you say yeah. that your dad, yeah. your description of your dad, it was really interesting. It was that he's he's very sensitive mm-hmm. and very introspective. Yeah. Um, and so they wanted to read you a letter about how they felt when you made the decision to not let them come to the doctor's appointment. Is that what the letter was? I think the, the letter was just about everything and how out of control they felt and how they felt that they didn't have a role in this and that um, the intentions were absolutely really well well done. Right? But, you know, it didn't come off, and I think, the way that his dad wanted it to. So, Brian, your reaction to the letter was you were like you could see how they could feel you that way. You know what the, the funny part is? I remember nothing from the letter other than I, I remember – I'm like, I'm like the girl in this situation. I remember more the feeling and like I remember my how my dad was – you know, I've, I've never seen him like that where he was very emotional and very, you know, pouring his heart out. And I remember almost no details from the letter other than him being very uh, emotionally raw. And, and to that I was like – well, he's really, you know, gone out of his way to express a side of himself that he doesn't really do normally. Um, and Christy had the opposite reaction because she was more focused on what the letter actually said. Well, I mean, and you're absolutely right. Your dad does not show that kind of emotion. And, and again, but you like, know him to be an introspective, emotional person. You, you just normally don't see it, or quiet though, quietly oh, yeah. introspective and emotional. Yeah, when I say, I don't mean like he's. Yeah, he doesn't write songs and you know, and, and, and <laughs> tortured poet. Yeah, exactly, uh, tortured poet. Exactly, but he no, he's um like that. Still waters run deep kind of guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. You know, he's um, he's not. Uh, he doesn't. Wor- he does not wear his emotions on his sleeve. No, his dad okay. does not have a bad bone in his body. He's a his sweet, dad sweet is man. The sweetest teddy bear of all teddy bears. Just amazing. But I mean, it was def- It was a tough situation that he was trying to convey and mm-hmm. and uh, I think wrestle back some of the control. And it was it was really difficult. So yeah, well, I mean, if you remember the letter, what was it like? I mean, it was. It was essentially something to the to the fact of it was like a year by year like historical account of his entire life and everything they'd done for him starting at like age zero all the way to age twenty one and how wow I 
basically never be able to do that for him, and this is why they could take better care of him than I could. Oh my gosh! It was, but I mean, again, it was just. It was really difficult, and I totally understand why they did that. But so it was like them making the case for why they should be the caretakers. Absolutely. Well, not primary, I think, but to help, to be more involved, of course. You they, know? They, they were – and to, they justified they were feeling like we were keeping them at an arm's length. They, probably me more than Christy at that point because, you know, yeah. they weren't, we weren't – it was only a week into treatment or whatever it was. This, this is where, honestly, we came like I was so in the middle, and it, it was a blatant, like – kind of a fuck you to me and this is where I, he was you know he was so concerned about their feelings and I literally was like hold the fucking phone give me a second like hold on right now I was pissed I was so pissed but I wanted to like talk it out and it, thank god there was no one else in the restaurant because it was just it was just not a great place this is all taking place in it. a public space oh yeah this is it where was it at CNO. CNO in the marina. Oh, yeah. It was like in the middle of the dining room. Like, well, to be fair, we're in the corner. It was like four in the afternoon, so there wasn't a lot of people there. But but I totally get the intention. I totally get where they were coming from 100%. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I just don't think it was perhaps executed at the best time or place. So then you actually said, like, oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. I, oh, no. I don't think I said, oh, hell no. That was I, the look you had. Yeah. I, I didn't say that. But I, Brian said something to the effect of like, no, no, this is OK. This is OK. And I, I think I said something about this is absolutely not OK. And that was the first time that I had stood up for myself. And then and then it got kind of ugly from yeah, there. What happened after that? Well, I mean, you and your dad, I think, went outside. And My then, dad went outside first. Yeah, he was so upset. Mike was so upset. And he went outside. And then Brian followed him. And then and then Nancy, Brian's mom, and I basically had like a really tough conversation for about half an hour. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of like... There was a lot of com- uh, comparisons like, you know, we would never do this to our parents kind of a thing. And I was like, you have to understand where I'm coming from, where he's coming from. I understand where you're coming from. And, and we – it was a tough conversation, but I think it was really helpful. Like we worked it out. Um, you know, we tried to be on all sides. But the tension was just so palpable in the whole situation because, again, like he's getting worse by the minute. And it's like none of us can do anything about it. And, and he's keeping them at kind of an arm's length. And it's just – just so fucked. Like, the, excuse my French, but like the whole thing. Actually, the, the, internet, the fifth time I said that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Again, we say my, that all the time. My second podcast. But like the whole situation was so fucked from top to bottom. Yeah, the takeaway is that not that people, two people had a disagreement or three people had a disagreement. The, yeah. the takeaway is that in best, under normal circumstances, this never happens. We all live a very happy, wonderful life together being, you know, in-laws and family and all mm-hmm. that stuff. It, it's that cancer will, will put the screws to any relationship in any situation. Yeah. I mean, they were so deeply hurt. I was so deeply hurt. It took us a few years to really, like, you know, heal that relationship a lot. And we're great now. But it's just definitely, like, I I do have a fear of, like, if he ever got sick again, like, oh, shit, what would happen? Like, are we great until something happens? Because, mm-hmm. like, I, can't, I cannot imagine going through that again. And I hope, again, knock on wood, we would never have to. But it's just... It this was, wood. Knock on, knock on your head then, <laughs> knock on your big bald scalp. But like, it's just, you know, no one ever wants to have to go through that and put that kind of strain on a relationship that should ideally be like a, we were so the anomaly, like we didn't have the in-law problems that everyone else was like, oh, fuck, wait till you get married. It's going to be terrible. Like, no, we love each other. It's so much fun. And, and cancer put a real damper on that, <laughs> to say the least. True. Um, Brian, did, what was your feeling? I mean, here's like all the people who you love and who love you not getting along mm-hmm. what was your feeling about that at the time so this is the worst feeling i'd ever experienced you know literally the person i love the most in the world uh myself no christy <laughs> is, is, is you know at, at my parents throats i love my parents more than almost anyone else in the world too and that's the worst feeling and you know 
Christy's absolutely right. When we first met and started dating and she met my parents and they met her, it was it was, it was was beautiful and it was perfect. And everyone got along because they're so similar. They, they love to entertain. They love yeah. to cook. They have a good time and, and make people feel good. And they're huge hearts. Um, and and cancer fucks that up. It, 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 that would have been the way for the rest of our lives had, had you know, this never gone down like this. I mean, I... I could see – I can see where your parents are like, we don't know how much time he has left. Mm-hmm. We of need to be there. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. I mean I, I, I'm sure I would be the exact same way. Because at one point, because your mom wanted to get an apartment down here, she did. She at one point she threatened, offered to get a <laughs> uh, to to get a place, a room, or an apartment or something uh, down in LA, so he'd come down more frequently. And then she was like, "Well, I would only come down every other weekend," <laughs> which to you was funny, but I was from her from her point of view, I can see where that is like. Hey, I'm not going to be there. I'm only going to come down every other weekend because I don't know how many weekends we have left. That's your. That's 100 mm-hmm. percent yep. reasonable. I, I I found it to be uh, slightly absurd, but it's not you know comical. Not it's not. That's my point. It's not absurd. It's comical, but it's not absurd. It's not out of the question. That's a reasonable thing that a loving mother would want to do. Um, did you? Your ever... mom would do the same thing if it was situation reverse. Oh my god, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure she would. Did you ever? And I'm not. I I think you made the healthy right choices for you did you ever think oh they want this so bad i should just let them do it what do you mean what do you mean by this this being there in your world oh yeah and, and it feels like a few times we relented you know quite a bit then they did, definitely yeah, yeah they came down and visited often I, I didn't keep them away full time i just wanted to i wanted and I bit off more than I can chew because I shouldn't have been doing any of this decision making. But I wanted to more manage when they came down and how, because it was you know as I, as I wrote there, it's like they, I get a call on Tuesday. They would say uh, you know oh can we come down on Friday? And it's like like can we can it be next Friday? Can we prepare for this a little bit? Mm-hmm. The apartment's a fucking mess. I I can barely walk. Like you know, and they wouldn't. Full disclosure, they wouldn't have cared. No. They would they would have loved to help us clean up. This, this is not on them. This is on me. Being weird about, uh, can we just manage this a little bit more? Can we just plan this a little bit better? Um, so it was more my neuroses than anything. But I mean, it's like your brain's already being invaded by a tumor. You don't need your whole world that's, to be invaded more. That's what I hope I conveyed a little bit, which was the, that the feeling of everything's falling apart. I just want to have some. I feel like I'm controlling something. You know, I just want to have some semblance of control. I could also imagine feeling like, hey. I am going through hell right now and I don't need the stress. I don't need your feelings being put on me right now. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Um, You know what else you probably agree with? The fact that you don't want to walk around with a furry (laughs) face or with all this extra body hair. It's the last thing I want. I know. It's the last thing Christy wants. No one wants it. No. No one wants that unsightly, unseemly body hair, whether they have dark hair, light hair, men or women. You don't want it. You know what you need? You need need? the no-no. What the hell is a no-no? The no-no. It's it's a portable device about the size of a cell phone. You just glide it along your skin and it painlessly removes hair. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, it's very cool. So it's really the yes-yes. Say yes, yes to, to no, no, no. Ah. yeah. But yeah. you're always saying no, no to body, to unsightly. body to unsightly body hair, but also to expensive laser hair treatment oh, yeah. removals or waxing. Wait, people get their hair removed? <laughs> I know. <laughs> then they pay for it. Mm-hmm. I know you just lucked into a situation <laughs> yeah. where you're bald <laughs> at 12 right. years old. But for the rest of us, oh, you yeah. can do this on my back. Oh, 
Get us you a no-no. Should. Get yes, us yes, a yes, no-no. You should, yeah, actually. It's it. very, yeah, I, I love my no-no. It, um, Is there a no-no in the house? No, no, no. Okay. No, not in this house. What, what, Every time no, one no. comes into the house, somebody steals it and takes it home and really? never comes back here. Yeah. Bye, bye. Then they no, just no. come back and they're, you know how we know who it is? The person who's all smooth That's and right. Glides in here, yeah, squeaks exactly. in. <laughs> <laughs> would um, you want to use a, would you want to use a used no-no though? It doesn't touch you though, does it? It only a tiny bit. You okay. could use a used no-no. Yeah, it's not it's not invasive. Like okay. uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. could definitely use a Okay. You could share a no-no. Okay. In fact, Sometimes women will get no-nos, and men will steal their no-nos. I can see that. them on themselves. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and it really is painless. It's not like, oh, you can stand it. It's like, no, it, it's painless. You don't even feel it. Because okay. when they, they told me that, and I thought, no, I feel yeah, everything. Right. You don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I feel things that aren't even directed at me. But no, I really didn't feel it at all. And it it's um it lights up and lets you know if you're using it properly. So it's almost like a video game. Wow. You know, really stre- stretch the term of video game. Angry no-nos. <laughs> exactly. Candy no-no. Uh, and it comes with a convenient travel case and a very snazzy travel case. So you can store it. That's just one. One that's convenient and snazzy, sure, okay. not two. Um, so you can store it and take it with you wherever you go. It's great for everyone, all ages, skin type, hair color, men and women. And your entire purchase is backed by Nono's triple guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay for you to ship it back to them. You don't risk a penny to try Nono today. Call for details. Terms and conditions may apply. And you guys can visit my exclusive site to cash in on an exclusive bonus offer. Go to nonobestfriend.com, nonobestfriend.com, and if you order online, you get a free gift card, nonobestfriend.com, or call 800-508-7715. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, no. Let's. Now I know, no. Now you know no. about no, no. Mm-hmm. Do just me or everyone. I'm just trying to make sure. Have we canvassed all this? I feel like there's so much. There's no way to canvass all there's of it. There's a lot in this long book. Yeah. There's Did a lot you find in there. We didn't really talk about the funny parts. We talked a lot about the serious parts, but that's okay. No, the funny parts are funny. was a little bit funny. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, Pooh was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah funny. Good. Yeah. yeah. What was your overall impression? I mean, not overall, but I mean, you're the only, one of the few people I know who's read the whole thing, aside from either Christy, who's married to me, or my you know, people who are on the payroll, the book uh, publisher. So, I think, uh, don't you think Drew read it? Or do you think he made that but up? No, you're included in one of the few. Oh, no, that he Drew, def- yeah, he You and it. Drew. It's, um, it's good company. John Cho read it, too. He did. Do you think it was too long? No, I didn't think so. It's pretty long. But it's there's oh, a Jesus lot Christ. to I don't think long. it's that long. How long was it? 300 and something pages. But it really oh. unlike don't pretend <laughs> that you know that you don't oh. know. You know like unlike Dickens, let's say. Sure. It really is accessible and readable oh. good and point. conversational. And yeah, there's pic- I love pictures. Okay. I mean everyone loves pictures. There's they're like not scratch and sniff, but no, there's a lot of pictures and it, you break it up with tumor tips and Oh yeah. You know, and I think that it's like a good it was a good balance of Serious shit with lighter shit with, um, you know, I'm sure stuff that will definitely appeal to Adam Carolla fans because mm. you talk about the radio show and, you know, there's a lot of stuff. From you. In fact, this is not a direction I thought I was going to go, but I will ask oh. the the pacing of it and the outline just as someone who is is a writer mm. as well. Um, like the beginning really lays out who you are, your right. childhood, all of that. Was that your idea to start there? It was. It was, and I, 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 I cut actually. Believe it or not, I actually cut a lot out of that chapter. Um, but it's it, it. If okay, so if any, if there's a flaw with the book that I can admit is that the first couple chapters are maybe a little bit um, indulgent. But I'm trying to. But it's a book about you. It's that's context. true. No, that's true. But I'm saying I'm saying if there's probably yeah. not a problem with. It. <laughs> 
There's no, no he's just trying to pretend he's right. acting humble. No, but if there is a problem, I, but though, but my idea was I'm going to number one, I want to set the tone. I want to very much set the tone of the book. Number two, I'm in, intending this for an audience who has no idea who I am. Number three, uh, I want to soften up the reader to an extent with uh, this sort of mundane is the wrong word, but this sort of ordinary, you know, this is my story of my life. And now we're getting to like, you know, once we get into the cancer stuff, then the story kind of, you know, it shifts into a different gear, mm-hmm. I, I think. Um, so I that's what I was one trying of my to my favorite do. parts of it. Well, I actually learned a lot what? about you like, oh, really? early on. Yeah. There are a few things I didn't even know. And like, for example, his love of movies and, and he's just so amazing at trivia. I didn't know where that came from. And so like in that first or second chapter, you know, I'm not going to give it away with your grandma and stuff. Like, it's like, holy crap, that's where that came from? They're pretty, really cool stories. I had no idea. Thanks. You're welcome. Why, thank you. Yeah, sure. Thanks. You read it. I did. I know. I won't make anything up anymore. <laughs> Something just I popped in my head, and now I lost it. Was it about right. grandparents or trivia no, or movies? It, no, it was, god damn it. I realize it's not super professional to be sitting here talking about how there was something that was in my head and now I can't find it. This is your podcast. Yeah, I know. Come You're back right. To in a second. Listeners love that. Um, Scratch and sniff pictures. No, no, this is good though. Jogging my memory. Yeah, here. it was a softening talking up about, the reader. Right, and, uh, something to, about the, the story kicks into a higher gear with the cancer yeah, stuff. No. It's everything I said. Well, you really do have a good short-term memory. I really do. Here you do, not at home. <laughs> That's right. When you're talking, it's only one or the other. What'd you say? What's that? What? Who? What? You want me to do what? Pictures. God, no, no, no. Something Ra- okay. stuff for the it radio. Was, stuff it was for the radio right fans. around. <laughs> stuff for the it was fans. right around <laughs> when Christy was saying. Gary, play that back. That no, it was right around when Christy was saying that as she was reading it, there were things about you that. You, oh no, she was mentioning like her oh, favorite learned, part. Did you learn something more about him? Did you figure out something about him? I don't know. I mean, I learned a ton of stuff about him. Oh sure, from I reading it. That. Yeah, but no. Wait, I feel like we just we just okay. I just glossed over it again. It was right around the. It was around favorite parts. You, see, you were talking about the trivia and the grandparents. Well, I said, well, yeah, I said one of my favorite parts was where I didn't look. You learned a lot about me. Yeah, I learned. You stuff want, you didn't know. You want to just tell me what I said? No. I just want to hear if you actually listen to you. me. <laughs> yeah, I said the trivia and the film with your grandma. I thought those were really cool stories because I didn't know where that came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so this wasn't what it was. It's lost forever. But so how, Christy, how do you feel about the story being out there? I think it's – I mean I'm used to it because when we first started dating like seven years ago and, and it was the radio show, I would drive to work and I would hear him – this person I'm brand new dating tell stories about me. He would, didn't use my name obviously because we had just met. And I was like, holy shit. He's talking about me on the radio. I'm like – and we had to have a talk. I was like, so what are you going to say? What are you not going to say? Because this is a little bit weird. So I'm just used to it at this point in time. Well, plus you had the blog. That, the oh, book would not have course. been possible without the blog. Yeah, but I'm just saying I got used to you sharing stuff about hmm. us and me early on. But you were, but yeah. point is you were open with this part of your Absolutely, life. Absolutely, yeah. Very open, much more than people probably expected yeah. um, uh, vis-a-vis your blog. Hugely open. I mean, that was that was the cathartic part for me. And it was it started out as something where it was like – I actually started out when he was you know didn't want his parents to come down a lot or like family members or even friends. And I was like, Let, let's start this so we can keep up to date. And then it just became – it was crazy. I mean, the minute people found it, it was we had people all over, all over the world emailing us. I mean, from like like twenty different countries. It was incredible. But it was just very cathartic for me to just. I mean, I, I wrote at one in the morning from my hospital room, hysterically crying in my bed by myself, like for the first time I'd ever been alone, just and let it all go, and was 
IV in one arm and typing furiously on my BlackBerry with my other like thumb and I put together like a three page horrific blog post and I sent it out I was like should I should I post this and I was like fuck it like this is real this is my life right now and I I can't erase it I'm just gonna put it out there because it can't I'll just be like you know happy happy joy joy and were there any did you guys have any conversations like were you Brian was there anything you didn't want Christy to put on the blog I can't think of anything. He was not in a state of mind yeah. to at, even talk about it, to be totally honest. Like, he couldn't – I don't think he even started reading the blog until, like, later on. Like, not until it. you start getting better. Mm. I would read them to you because your eyesight wasn't so great in one eye. And I was really a physically a mess. I mean, you probably yeah. got the impression from the book, but you didn't know me at that point. Mm-hmm. But I was I was on a walker full-time for months. And then a wheelchair. Yeah. I mean, his one eye, like, really didn't work. Like, his hearing was buzzing. His whole I was left blinking side out of his, a sequence. Oh, yeah. I was blinking, like – it was really oh, straight. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was super weird. That was a weird day when I noticed that. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, really? Constantly hearing whooshing in my ears. Yeah. And the... it smelled fajitas all the time. No, it wasn't fajitas. It was sausage. It was uh, peppers and onions. So, yeah, I guess it's it fajitas. fajitas yeah. It's, like, ve- it's like veggie fajitas. It, it was vegan fajitas. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> some, yeah, that was weird. I was like, God, I wish I could smell that. He's like, not for four months. Yeah, I got don't... old after about a day. Yeah. Oh. Huh. I could handle it for like a week, I bet. Yeah. I'd just be hungry for all months the months was tough. I need to order it on Grubhub. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I come from, and I'm very much not like this, but I come from a world that is like, you don't, you don't talk about your private stuff. You don't put it out there. You keep everything very hidden. Mm-hmm. You, you know, very private. Um, and I lead my own life in a way where I'm like, no, I'm going to talk. I'm, I, I, lo- for me, the way out of things that I feel uncomfortable about or humiliated by or confused by or whatever is to just talk about them. I have found that to be very therapeutic for me. Um, and maybe it's generational. I don't know. Like, can you talk a bit about that decision? You know, you guys clearly have come to the same conclusion in your own lives. Yeah. Well, as it pertains to my, my illness, my condition, um, you know, I mentioned it in one of the early chapters, which was the decision to, to, be public with it, to come out on the podcast with it, be, to be honest and open with what I was going through, what we were going through, um, was not much of a decision at all. I couldn't imagine not go, keeping it a secret, you know, like just from a practical perspective, what happens, you know, six months down the road when I'm dying of cancer and someone catches a glimpse of me who is a fan of the show or whatever and tweets it and tweets a picture and all of a sudden it's out there. So that thing, you can't. Right. You're already in the public yeah, you're already, eye. I mean, in as much as, you know, I was to a minor extent, but you know, I didn't want that. But then on top of that, in a spiritual way, what what kind of a burden does it place on you to be keeping that kind of stuff a secret, to be keeping it from not only maybe loved ones or friends or people in your periphery, coworkers, but also people who want to help, people who, who want nothing more than to offer support or, or physical help in some way if they want to send money or a cake or, or just feel like they're helping in some way. What kind of a spiritual toll is that taking on you to be like, no, I'm going to keep this all to myself. I'm going to hold on to this secret, this burden. That's, you know... You can, you can believe in the power of positive thinking all you want, or you can dismiss it. But that's a lot to weigh on you if you're trying to go through something. You don't need that extra burden. That's that's tough. Well, plus you also realized how much you are helping people. In addition, I didn't realize like, that till later. No, no. I, I, later on, when people started to respond to just the diagnosis and then the story and turned on the blog, and it was like you know it wasn't just let us help you, it, which was wonderful, but it was oh my god, hearing this is really helping me and. And it was just kind of a, it started to become a giving back effort, which it still is, you know, even a few years later. Yeah, I, I do everything I can to give back both to the community and, you know, 
mostly to the, to the cancer community because they were so incredible to me. And, 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 you know, if I can give anything back just through publicizing some event mm-hmm. or, you know, chairman of the brain tumor walk here in L.A. for a couple of years, I, if I can just bring attention to something, then and I'm happy to do it. I mean, that's the thing, obviously – now, not comparing the same thing, but a thing I have found about being open with stuff is that you do find a community of people who are compassionate and helpful. Yep. I mean, yes, of course, there's a couple assholes out there, no matter what. But for the most part, people are helped by your openness and your honesty, and then they also help you. That's an mm-hmm. apt comparison. There's there, just because one's about illness and one's about your tampons doesn't mean that you know they're not they're not comparable. But you're 100 percent right. People, there are people out there. If you feel something, there's a very good chance that other people are feeling the same thing and looking for someone to identify with. I remembered what I was going to ask before. Was, oh, thank Do you God. still meditate? I know a few. Do you still meditate? No. Next question. <laughs> All that for that? No, I, I, I don't. It was very, very, very helpful. I wrote a whole chapter on it because I'm not a very uh, metaphysical guy, um, at least when it comes to that kind of stuff, new age healing and everything. But I, I did dabble on it and it really helped me a lot. Um, just at the very least, you know, quieting my mind and, and, and thinking about things and processing things. And that was really helpful. Um, so I would recommend it to anyone who is open-minded enough to give it a shot. You may surprise yourself. You may love it. I haven't done it in years. Um, if I ever needed to, I, I would certainly look forward to it. I just, uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a very helpful thing in my life for that time. I'm jealous. He did it. He was amazing at it. Like he would go in there and, and for like, and that we had a second bedroom in our apartment and he would be in there for like two hours and wow. he would come out and be like, Oh wow. I was like, how long have I been in there? And I'd say two hours. He's like, I thought it was like 10 minutes. I mean, if I, I can't meditate to save my life, I can't quiet my brain that way, but it was just remarkable what he could do. It was helpful. You would meditate yeah. for two hours? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, not every time, but sometimes, yeah. And he wouldn't, like, fall asleep. Like, he would be listening to a guided meditation or he would just get down. And, you know, it's in the book. You have some pretty amazing experiences with it. But it's just – it was a, cr- a crazy, crazy realization for me that that stuff does actually work and happen. Well, there's just so much to think about, you know, and that's in that time in my life. There was just so much to th- – keep in mind, on top of all this stuff, we were engaged. We, yeah. we were about to get married. So there was all of that just everything in my life just swirling around like thoughts you know that you can't get a grasp on and so to, to quiet your mind and be able to think about that for 30 60 90 minutes is uh is valuable you're thinking about flowers and cake and that's right dresses. <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> um all right let's do just me or everyone sometimes i ponder All right. Christy, do you have some Just Me or Everyone's? I do, but do you full wanna... disclosure, he told this to me what? last night. He's like, oh, there's a bit, and uh, you may want to think of a few things. Like, I don't know. You're smart. You can do 12 this. 12 hours ago. Um, so it, so this will not go up on Sunday, but today is Sunday. And so is it just me, or does everyone crave restaurants on Sunday that are closed on Sundays? Someone because wanted Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so that's number one on my list. And I have three others, but every Sunday. Sushi, Thai places. Yeah, sushi places are all closed. And like three of the best places by our house are all closed. And every Sunday I want, I'm like desperate for them. I, it, that's not just you. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of listeners are relating. I have a similar, not that similar one, which is do you have the thing where you think of an errand you should run and then you're like, oh, I bet the place is closed, though, because it's like 530 right now. And you look online and you're secretly hoping that it says closes at five. And it's like, oh, closes at eight. God damn it. Why would you not want to go there, though? 
Oh, because it's an errand? Is it Some short? errand. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, like the because you're home and you're lazy and you yeah. don't want to go back I thought out. you were talking about like a restaurant. No, 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 an errand, I a chore. I absolutely thought of the dry cleaners. Yeah, and I know they're open till 7 and it's like 5.30. I'm like, oh, I don't want to yeah. go. Yeah. I'm like, just be, they're closed today. Closed today. Right. No. Right, yeah, or I like a lot of thing. places that you think will be closed Sunday. Like, oh, yes. just the drafts can't go today. Oh, yeah. I guess I can. Home Depot's always open. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, be a little less slamming says I get mad when I pay for a cup of coffee right before closing time it's going down the drain in 10 minutes just give it to me oh interesting like this is part of that this this inventory is either yeah, going to get sold or not it anyway okay yeah but that's just business we right. had the same thing with pizza in New York two weeks ago we we went into a restaurant not you and I but my coworkers and I like 10 minutes before closing time and like like what's happening to all this pizza like we're just gonna throw it out like so how about you just give it to us <laughs> did and, they go for that no absolutely not they're like no we're gonna still charge you which they yeah. should have but it was just silly huh. I get it that makes sense I wouldn't do it but I get it right Bonzer says just me everyone when getting bags of chips I feel up <laughs> I feel up all the bags to see which has the most chips and less air especially with the small bags no I just no. believe packed by you packed by a goddamn machine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, machine's doing that. Yeah. It's an exercise in futility, unfortunately. I have Maybe one. it isn't, though. Maybe. I forgot about that. There's like one more chip. I don't want to feel know. up all the chips, though. <laughs> and then you're breaking the chips, maybe. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking of things that are edible and tying it back to the book, um, I encourage everyone to, uh, to when, they, when they're doing uh, uh, vitamins, to get chewable vitamins, preferably mm. children's chewable or gummy vitamins. Um, but is it just me or everyone when you're taking said chewable vitamins? I don't know if you guys uh, do the chewables. I but do. I must have two different flavors. I cannot have two of the same flavor. I must have uh, a yellow and a red or a red and a pink. Do you eat them at the same time? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm taking two fiber gummies, you know, right. then I must have two different flavors. If I'm taking two uh, uh, multis, I must have two different flavors. Huh. No, I don't have that. I wonder if that's but peculiar. here's it just me or everyone. Anyone else get nauseated by vitamins and therefore you have to have chewable vitamins? Yes. Absolutely. smell. Really? Horrible. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I used to yes. take Centrum, like, a, you know, yeah. a, a Adult vitamins that you just swallow. For seniors. Yes. <laughs> yes. Silver. 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 Yeah. Exactly. For men. <laughs> it, was, it was strange. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to make a some kind of male urinary joke and Don't I just couldn't that. get there fast enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I was, I was getting totally nauseated and then I looked it up online and so – well, Flintstones it is. Multivitamins yeah. on an empty stomach will make you nauseated. And then just the smell of like a, like a pill bottle. Right. You know, it's those, like the dust. Ugh, yeah, it's musky. Dusty. Yeah. 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 No, it's like I don't want to even do the chewables. It's, it's the gummies. It's yeah. now the gummies. Gummy the gummies, vitamins and gummy fibers. It's, a, it's like candy before bedtime. It's the amazing. gummies don't have um, iron in them. Oh, they don't? I think. Mm-hmm. You have the women's oh. ones. Do they have that? Because yeah, I looked I don't at know. the gummy ones. I, th- I think they don't. It, it's either iron or calcium that they don't. I think it's iron that they don't have. I have the prenatal ones because there's a lot of like folic acid for like nails and hair, and mm-hmm. I bite my nails, and so it's helpful. But so like, it's delicious. yeah, it's yeah, it's so delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, Ashley Kirk says, "Just me or everyone? I have to check Twitter on my phone before I fall asleep. New notifications are like a drug. Oh yeah, that's everyone. I think. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. I don't because I don't tweet that often. But I check Facebook just to wind down. You tweet. I tweet like five times a year, maybe a month. I don't know. But it's highly anticipated. That yeah, I'm not do. like you. It, it, you. We are the opposite end of the scale. He tweets like 50 times a day. It's true. Do so you hour. check it first thing in the morning as well? I email first, but yeah, Twitter's amongst the first things I check. Yeah. I wonder how much quality of life has changed by 
reaching for the phone while still in bed and basically starting like all that information heading into your oh, head yeah. like before you're fully awake. I feel like it's better for me because number one, it eases me into the day as opposed to I'm getting up and just starting something. I can lie in bed and read. And also um yeah, it starts my cognitive functions earlier. You know, you're thinking earlier, so you're gonna you're gonna have yeah. a uh, more productive I don't know, maybe we, more we do it every that. morning though. Literally every single morning. We have work emails that pile up overnight because you work true. for a British company, so I'll be well, yeah. eight hours ahead. Or we whatever. have like four offices worldwide, so it's always I mean, around the clock. Yeah, it's around the clock, so I mean, it's fine. Um, wait, I have one. What? So is it just me or does everyone, and I already know the answer, organize their closet by color? I have like a rainbow in my closet. Really? Yeah. I wish I were it's like that. It's an OCD thing. You, you I arrange my shirts by style. Color, he does it by style. I have my polo I shirts. I do it by color. And I have my polo shirts with pockets. Absolutely. Then I have my polo yeah. shirts with stripes. Yeah, like Brian. Not, and then you, long sleeve shirts. Yeah, and then dress shirts and yes. sweaters. It's all, yeah, it's all by all category. Or, yeah, okay, good. Optimus Prime costume. <laughs> That's, yeah, you do have that. It's in the back. That's true. Kaylin. Yes. Hello. Is your closet similarly organized? Uh, yeah, it's just sweaters together. And then my pants together. I keep my t-shirts folded up on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Are we letting him talk now? Yeah. Oh. Hello. Well, well go ahead. ahead. Well, it's like it's his first podcast like me. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Won't last long. <laughs> Wait. I've been on this podcast before. That's right. One okay. Time. Just me or everyone. My dresser is a place that I hardly ever go into and stuff's just stuffed in there. <laughs> no. No. Uh-uh. I find drawers. I find several dresser drawers like that. Yeah, really? I find yeah. that drawers. Oh, Chris Loxamana says drawers in a very funny way. If you haven't heard it, it's it drawers. Like drawers. Yeah. Drawers. Um, <laughs> I find drawers to be not a very good system for organization, maybe because it's like you fold stuff and then you put it in the drawer and then you open it up and then it's hard to get to. You unfold it, yep. you have to fold it. This is a real big pain in the butt. I agree with that. The best you things, be able to file them. The best things for drawers, from a man's perspective, are like underwear and socks because yeah. that's something yeah. you just go through. You know, you just grab the top one, grab the top one. Whereas if shirts, or we sweaters. have our sh- yeah shirts and sweaters or and whatever never. we have in no. the closet. You know, I do yeah. anyway, so I can actually see what like I can see. Um, well, you have shelf, you have shelving, yeah. well, like one shelf. Yeah, and not hanging it's like in the an closet, open shelf. shelf the yeah. closet. I, yeah. I do socks and underwear, and then I do workout clothes because that's easy to fold. You have to fold that. I have mm-hmm. like two pairs of workout pants, and then um, like PJs, which are typically right. like tank tops and like shorts. Yes. So it's like but that's another just grab whatever's on top. But I'm very, like super organized about it. So then you don't have a lot of stuff in your drawers. I have a lot of stuff. They're just it's crazy organized. Like it makes me. This is another. Is it just me or everyone? Like if things in my house are messy, things in my brain are messy. Like I need things to be organized or like physically or else like you freaked out. Little, you freaked out a little bit today this morning. Yeah, I had like a, we had two extra chairs in yeah. our front room. Uh, that he, were, yeah, he brought down from his parents' house two big, big, beautiful leather chairs. I mean, they're huge. They're like, I think I've se- are these a Craigslist find? Yes, I think I've seen these chairs. They're, oh, the ones in my parents' house. Yeah, oh, oh, you were there. That's uh-huh. right. She yes, they're gorgeous house. and amazing, but they're gigantic. They're and nice. Now yeah, our living room looks like a furniture store, and it's not organized at all. And I like he actually took two small chairs and physically took them into the dining room because just I was to get having out of the line of her like a conniption. I just couldn't. I couldn't handle it. I have a thing where if I'm gone and someone moves the furniture around, even a slight bit, like a lamp in a different... This is not You're like a dog. You're running, you're running to stuff? I pee on the floor. Yeah, that's right. You no. don't know what to do. I, like a lamp in, you know, in a different spot or something, yeah. I instantly, I'm like... And then I'm like trying to control my reaction, which is I have a weird emotional, uh. like someone fucked with my shit, even though it's not my shit, it is. 
Well, it is my ship, but yeah. I mean, it's a place that Daniel and I share. Yes. And all he was trying, I mean, the specific instance I'm thinking of is like, I'll all say, he why was, are we being general here? We all, we know what's happening. So He's we, doing it just to fuck with you, no. right? <laughs> Gaslighting <laughs> me. I didn't move the lamp. No. Um, uh, Brian, we went up to San Francisco. Oh, you were there too. We went up yeah. to San Francisco for the Adam Carolla shows. Mm. And then I drove back with Adam in August. So I got back at like four in the morning or oh, something. Right. Yeah. And it was right before Thanksgiving. And we were going to have house guests. So Daniel had gotten the house ready for house guests. But that... But we at this point, we hadn't lived there that long, so we were still, like, not fully moved in. So what that meant is he had made a, bu- so a bunch of decisions about where things were going to go. And he had to because we had, you know, people arriving soon or whatever. But anyway, I – it was the middle of the night, but I, like – was very, very, very unhappy that this had happened. Did you fix Like, can you just fix it and you're fine? Or are you just pissed off that it happened in, in general? I was pissed off. I was like, I don't like the dresser there. And why is this here? And blah, blah, blah. Oh, and it was like, like major moving. Like he moved a dresser, not just like the lamp was askew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It was major. Oh, yeah. But it was fine. Yeah. But I mean, it was, it, there was nothing wrong with it. But I was like <laughs> pissed that I hadn't been involved in the decision or something. It's like, basically, I need to be be proactive and getting it done, which you should be like thankful for. But instead you were like, why the hell did you not ask me if that could go there? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's a girl's like nesting instinct where you're like, you can organize things and like maybe better. Right. Chris is not me today for opening the doors on, on a piece of furniture. Okay. For the record, it's a giant bar set and it's, it like opens up at the top and it's got these doors underneath it for like storage and they just are wide open. He's like, everybody, we should store everything and everybody can see our shit in there and it's going to be really well organized. It's going to look great. I'm like, you don't leave the doors open to anything. Why, why, you don't leave the doors open to your arm while, like, My why point would is, you? little things bother you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> because I know how to organize <laughs> furniture in our house so it looks aesthetically pleasing. You sure do. I do. <laughs> like, I love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I were out and someone came in and was like, this place is a mess. Because unlike you, Christy, my brain can be organized, but my place mm. is super not organized. And by that, I also mean my brain is not organized. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone were like, I'm going to get this place in shape. I'm going to totally organize it. And I came home and it were all organized. Mm. I would be pissed before I were. But then I, ultimately, like, except as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, God, it would be so nice to come home and be mm. like, look at this. Look at it. It looks like a container store ad. <laughs> I would actually love that. But. No, there's something about someone moving shit around that, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm weirdly, like, put um, – I'm unnerved by it. Well, it's like your shit. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. I guess. This is this has nothing to do with anything, but I just thought of this one. Yeah. Um, is it just me or does everyone – So this was a long time ago, but when you leave your parents' house and you go to college, is, like, the first thing that you do just break all the rules that your parents ever gave you? And by I'll give an example, and this is, like, me being rebellious. I was not allowed to eat sugar cereal. When I was growing up, this is, yeah, super rebellious. I was like, did a cocaine Yeah, totally. I was up, up a stripper's ass. Yeah. No, I literally. Had went, you never had sugar cereal? I think I had it like renegade like one time at a friend's house and was just, I, it was like crack. I was hooked, but I didn't have it for like six years. And so I went to college and I bought a box of Lucky Charms and I ate the entire thing in one sitting. <laughs> and wow. I spent four hours throwing up. Oh my so God. I, so it actually like, it worked out for my parents. They're like, oh yeah, so that's why we didn't give it to you. But I wonder if people just go to college and whether it's cocaine or Lucky Charms, if they just give up. Or all somewhere the rules. in between. <laughs> or somewhere in between. I, don't I know. think so, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything specifically. My parents never said, hey, get really d- drunk and also get high. Hmm. And, but I did that. No, but I had the so. same thing with sugar cereals when I moved out on my own. Like, I, like you know, when college was over and I moved to my place, I 
uh, I, I did the same. Maybe thing. that's better when you move out on your own because I did it when I moved out on my own mm. for grad school. It wasn't in college, right? Yeah. Well, I actually could eat an entire box of Lucky Charms and be shamed, or not be shamed, rather, by anyone mm. witnessing it. Smart. Yeah. Where'd you go to grad school? Northwestern. And you went for? Uh, integrated Marketing Communications. It's a fancy way to say, like, advertising and marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nicholas Lee says, if at a party or home, I pocket bottle caps if I can't get to a trash. It drives me crazy when people just toss them on the ground. That's so nice. That is really nice. Who tosses them on the ground? I've seen them live Animals. On, people seen, at our house. No. Absolutely. People leave them on countertops. Mm, they fall on the ground. That's really That's nice. That's very I want nice. The, can he come to our house? I was going to say. You want to come to our next party? Nicholas, anytime. You're welcome. Scott says, just me or everyone, with DVRs on TV and podcasts that you can rewind. In my car, I want to rewind the radio. What road is closed? Um, I totally have that. Whenever I'm behind any sort of screen and it could be a windshield, I assume – like sometimes I want to – You want to swipe it? For a second, <laughs> no – Oh, that's good. For a second, I like want to rewind. Like, what car just passed me? I want to rewind. Like, mm-hmm. I think I can re- rewind yes. reality. Hmm. I think I can delete things. Yeah, like th- things I've handwritten or things I've said. I'm like, oh, we'll just delete. I'm like, okay, no, this is just this is real life. This isn't on a computer, which yeah. kind of creeps me out a little bit. It's weird that yeah. we have those thoughts. Yeah. Jason Dick says, I make sure to w- wipe away the butt pattern when I get up from a Swedish or microfiber chair. Absolutely. Yeah. For sh- every time. Oh I don't- yeah, because your butt leaves them. Yeah. 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 I don't always, but I can understand it. Smooth it out. But I just would smooth it out in general because I like it to be smooth. That's your disease. Yeah, it's OCD a little <laughs> bit. Well, it looks so nice when it's smooth. It does. It's mm-hmm. nicer. Like, way, a raking, you do, you like a raking exact, garden. Uh, yeah, sand yeah, sand garden. garden. It's my zen. Yeah. How often do you vacuum under the couch cushions? Not often enough. We have a have a dog under there. <laughs> under the under the cushions? Yeah. Between the cushions, oh, basically. Oh, God, never. I, no. Uh-uh, should we? I don't, I'd be afraid. I'd be afraid to look. Yeah. yeah, Charlie's like nemesis is in there. It's probably grown by now. <laughs> Anti Charlie. <laughs> Charlie yeah. There's a German Shepherd in there. <laughs> yeah. Joseph D. Cook says, "When I see the word coworker, I do not know if it's coworker. Wait, what? When I see the word coworker with no space, <laughs> I do know it's coworker. Wait, hang. I'm going to read it and then figure out what it says. But I always think in my head, cow worker, cow orker. Okay." Yeah, when I, I see I the word it. coworker, I do know it's coworker, but I always think in my head cow orker, as in someone who orcs cows. What is an orc? What I don't know, but I love that. that. Now I will never be able to look at coworker again. I know. My, my cow orker Allison again, totally. and uh, no, thank she's, you. She's orking cows. That's funny. Scott Hatherly says I have an aversion to any sort of hand soap or shampoo that reminds me of man paste. I have an aversion to the word man paste. What is, is that jizz? I've never. Yes, that is. I've never heard that before. Ever. Wouldn't most soaps remind you of, of jizz? I mean, just uh, the viscosity? Wait, what does that mean? Like the he color He has an aversion to hand soap or shampoo that's like creamy and white and So salty. that's what it means. Milky. Like, and salt, does he taste it? Uh, and milky? Is that, wow, really? Most I don't know. Most soaps are like. Most soaps are jizz-esque. Yeah. No, Even if Well, you know what? Like clear. an antibacterial clear one is yeah. not. That's a good point. That's yeah, I don't have that. I've never had that. I've never. That's just you. I'm going to think about that. Oh, God. Yeah. DPN010 says, when I hear the word footstep, like in today's episode of your show, which is not today's, but back when he tweeted this, mm-hmm. I think feet step from the Gilligan's Island ghost episode. I, you can't be the only one. I haven't actually seen that episode, but I'm sure you're not the only one. Yeah, I don't have the love of classic TV that you have or this guy has. I've never, yeah. I've never heard that. This guy tweets us all the time. Yeah, I know. He does. Yeah. When Sorry, I do I'm not tweet on board with this him. one. Yeah, I'm not on board. It's okay. I've never heard that. 
Get a this little closer to the mic, Chrissy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Don't, don't be, be a stranger. Yeah. Don't be shy. No, this is fun. I like it. I want to. I want to think of more. But nothing. you should think of more yeah, and will. then tweet them to us. I will. I'll tweet them. And you know when they might pop into your head when you're watching one of your favorite shows on Hulu Plus. You guys know Hulu. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. For example, I was just the car wash. One thing I hate, it's sitting there just waiting, 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 uh. waiting, watching my life pass by, but I didn't have to watch my life pass by because I could just watch a show on my iPad on Hulu+. Plus. Uh, you can watch your favorite TV shows like New Girl, Once Upon a Time, Dancing with the Stars, Scandal, watch every episode of shows like The Good Wife, which a huge plot thing just happened. I'm not going to say what it is. You guys probably already know. Is she no longer good? What? Is she no longer right. good? Is she She's- still good? Is she still a good wife? She's the eh, wife. She's mediocre at best. <laughs> She's the male wife. wife. <laughs> Law and Order, SVU, Desperate Housewives, Grey's Anatomy. That is really just a tiny sampling of the bazillion shows they have. You can check out exclusive content, including Hulu originals like The Wrong Man's Behind the Mask, which is Hulu's new docuseries that takes you inside the world of sports mascots. For only seven ninety nine a month, catch up on current shows, binge on old favorites, or catch a great movie. Stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Allison. That's a special offer. Offer, offer for you guys, my listeners. A special offer for you guys. Offer. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com forward slash Allison so you get the extended free trial, and then they know that we sent you, and then they'll be like, "We love her." And as I said before, that is really the goal here. Go to HuluPlus.com forward slash Allison right now for your extended two week free trial, or click the Hulu Plus banner on my website. All right, thank you guys so much. Thank for you being for on the, the show. Yeah, You're us on. Thank you for coming on and talking about everything. Um, so you guys are definitely going to have to go out and get your own copy of Shrinkage. You can get it in a number of ways. My personal favorite is to click on the Amazon banner on my website, AlisonRosen.com. Um, but Brian, mm. plug plug away. Well, the book obviously comes out April 29th. I'm really uh, proud of it. I'm also extremely nervous. So uh, please read it and say good things or, or don't say anything at all. No, <laughs> no I, I'm, I'm very proud of it and I hope people enjoy it and I hope it helps people. And uh, it's available on uh, all formats, uh, digital, Kindle, Nook, whatever. And uh, audiobook will be available to pre-order soon, they tell me. And people can follow you on Twitter at BaldBrian. Yeah. B-R-Y-A-N. Pardon my crumbs. Okay. Yeah. Anything else you want to toss out there? Your 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 blog is not still there, is it, or is it? Um, it's it's still there, but I mean, I don't keep up with it anymore. Right. But it is, we've actually gotten a lot of requests for people who've just you know recently gotten diagnosed. They want to read it, and so I always give a word of caution. Word of caution, but it's it's up there. Um, no, just thank you so much. It was so fun. And your blog is an inconvenient tumor. Yeah, an inconvenient tumor dot com. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You need this. <laughs> Chris, you need that. Oh, my God, amazing. You need this. It would go uh, well in your office. I was... <laughs> You're just about to say? <laughs> yep. <laughs> people write in all the time. All sorts of things like that happen. People hear it that they don't want to hear it. People hear that they do want to hear it. And people are brought together because it goes off somewhere. And then someone's like, oh, my God, I love that show, too. So you can meet other people who have wonderful taste. And they have wonderful <laughs> taste because they're listening to this show. Um, and you could wake up. You know, I don't need to tell you how to use a ringtone. You can get that by searching, hey, go fuck yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. Also, I want to mention that um, you could get Okay, Brian, mm-hmm. tell them about the eBay thing with your book. Oh, so this is going to come out before yes. before it ends. Okay, so when does um, it end? Uh, April 12th. Saturday, then right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so anyhow, um, 
Yes, uh, Adam Carolla, our boss, uh, Adam Carolla is being sued by a patent troll, and a patent troll is someone who owns a patent. Some are better than others. This patent happens to be kind of absurd, but he is being sued regardless by a guy who says, I own a patent that you are infringing upon and you owe me money. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to owe you anything. I'm going to fight this. And they're going to court, uh, and he's raising money for the Legal Defense Fund. And uh, one thing I thought would be a good idea is like, oh, the book isn't available till the end of the month. Maybe someone out there wants it. Before then, I'm going to auction off a copy uh, beforehand. And so it is on eBay. You can buy a copy of the book before it comes out, several weeks before it comes out. We will all autograph it if you'd like us to and dedicate it to you. Thanks for the for supporting the fund. And every penny goes to the uh, Legal Defense Fund. So how, where do they go on eBay? It is on eBay and is an uh, advanced copy Just, of Shrinkage by Brian Bishop. There's a picture of me holding the book. Okay. Yeah. And That's after a really good you, idea. Get everybody to sign it. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. After you get that, you're probably going to be like, I need more of this podcast. <laughs> I need more. Lucky for you, we recorded a bonus episode. Actually, there's two bonus episodes available. They're both $1.99. Um, the most recent one we recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival with Doug Benson, Matt Costa, Matt, Chris, Gary, me. Genesis of a lot of things discussed on the Thursday show, butter sandwiches and whatnot. Um, and you can get that in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Also, the one before that, also at the LA podcast festival and that had Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Both great. They're great bookends. I mean, I'm biased, but I think they're great. Um, okay. Am I missing anything, Gary? I'm not. You can follow Gary on Twitter at gpatricksmith. You could follow Kalen, but I don't think he's on Twitter. He's not, not on Twitter. Smart. It'll ruin your life. I know. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you again for no, being thank on the show. You. Thank you a lot so of fun. much. All right. I love you guys. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show?
Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Just as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by Nono. To get your Nono and take advantage of the exclusive offer for my listeners, go to nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. That's nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815.